السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسوله النبي الكريم أما بعد يقول الله سبحانه وتعالى في كتابه العزيز بعد أن أقول أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وربطنا على قلوبهم إذ قاموا فقالوا ربنا رب السماوات والأرض لن ندعو من دونه إلها لقد قلنا إذا شططا صدق الله العلي العظيم وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم لا تغضب فردد مرارا قال لا تغضب أو كما قال عليه السرة والتسليم I know it's been a while about a month since we've had our last lecture but continuing the series and inshallah in the week or two we'll be completing this series and we'll start another series along the same topic though inshallah we'll continue with the purification of the heart because that is a good reminder for us a good reminder for the elders the youngsters the parents and the children and even the students they're reminding us the purpose of our existence in cleaning our hearts so that is something of utmost importance throughout our entire life so we are on which is called قوي, a strong heart now what does a strong heart mean any from the sifat and the attributes that a heart should have one of them is a قوي, قوي a strong heart what does a strong heart mean what does it mean to have a strong heart does it mean that a person who has a strong heart does not express emotions? His, ex his emotions have been suppressed? Where you can't tell if he's happy, if she's sad, if he's angry, if he's emotional. Is that what a strong heart means? That you're able to suppress your emotions? No. Because the Messenger of Allah وسلم, was known to express his emotions. When he وسلم, was sad, when his son Ibrahim passed away, he cried. When he would see Hassan and Hussein, he would hug them and kiss them. Hugging and kissing as an expression of emotion. Bedouins even came to the Prophet وسلم, Ya Rasulullah, we're men, we don't kiss. We don't hug. Men don't hug, men don't kiss. The Prophet explained, it's not my fault, you don't have any mercy. I kiss my grandchildren, I hug my children, I express emotions and happiness. The Prophet ﷺ would express anger if the boundaries of Allah were transgressed. So it's not like a strong heart means you can't be emotional. Does it mean to be uncaring? Like you don't care about anyone? I'm only worried about myself. I'm so powerful, I don't care about, I'm not worried about anyone else. You're very uncaring. That can't be true either. Because the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was known for his concern. The Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa was more worried about us than we were ourselves. As a matter of fact, in one hadith, which is found in Riyadh al-Salihim, Al-Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa said to the Sahaba radiyallahu I care about you so much, it is as if you are going to fall in the fire, and I'm pulling you by your waist belt and I'm pulling you back so you don't fall in. That is how much concern I have for you. The Prophet ﷺ was known for his fikr and his concern for this ummah. 
He will be so concerned for us that on the day of judgment, when all the Anbiya will say, Nafsi, 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 we're only worried about ourselves, the Prophet is the only person to respond with Ummati, Ummati, Ummati. So it can be a person who's uncaring. So let's look at these three verses. There are three verses in the Quran where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about a strong heart. Verse number one, or strengthening someone's heart, making it strong. وَرَبَتْنَا سُورَةُ الْكَهْفِ وَرَبَتْنَا عَلَىٰ قُلُوبِهِمْ إِذْ قَامُوا فَقَالُوا رَبُّنَا رَبَّ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ لَنْ نَدْعُوَ مِنْ دُونِهِ إِلَاهَا لَكَدْ قُلْنَا إِذًا شَتَدًا This verse is regarding the people in, of the cave, the youngsters of the cave. Before deci deciding to go into the cave for refuge, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَرَبَتْنَا عَلَىٰ قُلُوبِهِمْ We strengthen their hearts. So they were able to express their beliefs. We strengthened their hearts so they were able to express their true beliefs. And they said, فَقَالُوا رَبُّنَا رَبُّ السَّمَاوَاتِ Our Lord is the Lord of the heavens and the earth. لَن نَدْعُوا مِن دُونِهِ إِلَهَا We will never any ever call anyone else a Lord aside from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if we do, لَقَدْ قُلْنَا إِذًا شَتَطًا and if we ever associate partners with Allah, then we have said such a severe statement. Number two, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, إِذْ يُغَشِّيكُمَ النَّعَاسَ أَمَرَةً مِّنْهُ وَيُنَزِّلَ عَلَيْكُمْ مِنَ السَّمَاءِ مِنَ السَّمَاءِ مَاءً لِيُتَهِّرَكُمْ بِهِ وَيُذْهِبَ عَنْكُمْ رِجْزَ الشَّيْطَانِ وَلِيَرْبِتَ عَلَى قُلُوبِكُمْ وَيُثَبِّتَ بِهِ الْأَقْدَامِ and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is talking about the people and the battle of Badr. This is a verse regarding the battle of Badr. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that when the Muslims were outnumbered, He strengthened their heart so they would not have any fear. They wouldn't be scared. So Allah gave him a strong heart to fight on the battlefield. When it's 313 versus 1000. The third verse is regarding the mother. This third verse is regarding the mother of Musa alayhi salatu wasalam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala instructed Musa alayhi salatu wasalam's mother to put him in the Nile River. And he was eventually picked up by Fir'aun. Musa alayhi mother was required to keep this a secret and not express her emotions. She was not supposed to go to someone and tell him, okay, I put my son in the river, I want him back, I want him back. Allah gave her the strength to not express emotions. Allah strengthened her heart so she was able to refrain from expressing her emotions. So if you look at these three verses, it shows you what a a strong heart, a qawi heart is, a strong heart is. We see from the first two verses that Allah has given them the strength to control their emotions so they can do what they need to do. So in other words, in other words, a strong heart is that heart that is able to control their emotions. We're all human beings. We're all human beings that have natural emotions. We're all human beings 
that have that naturally we have emotions. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us that a strong heart is that person who can control their emotions. In the first two examples of Musa alayhi salatu wasalam and the people of the cave, Allah gave them the strength to do what they needed to do. They were able to fight in the battle of Badr. The people of the cave were able to express their beliefs. And in the last example of the example of the mother of Musa alayhi salatu wasalam, she was able to control her emotions and not express it. So one was expressing and one was controlling. There's a difference between controlling your emotions and hiding your emotions. There's a difference between controlling your emotions and hiding and suppressing your emotions. Islam does not teach us to hide our emotions. Nor is it healthy to hide your emotions. The Prophet ﷺ cried when he was sad, he smiled when he was happy, and he expressed his anger when the occasion called for it. But the Prophet ﷺ did not hide his emotions. You could tell if the Prophet ﷺ was upset. You could tell if he ﷺ was happy. You could tell if he ﷺ was sad. So which emotions need to be controlled? Number one, fear. Fear is a bad emotion if it leads a person to disobey Allah. So let's say you're in a gathering. Salat al-Maghrib time is ending. You haven't prayed Salat al-Maghrib. But you're scared. What will people say about you if you get up and pray right now? That fear is not okay. Or you're at the airport. You're by yourself, or you're in a public area. You need to pray, prayer is ending. But you're too scared to pray, that's not okay. So having fear, if it makes you disobey Allah, is not okay. Otherwise, fear is a natural emotion. It's actually healthy for human beings to even have fear, provided that it's an appropriate amount of fear for an appropriate thing. So for example, a person obeys the law, even if you don't want, if you want to break the law, but you're scared of the police. You don't want to get caught, you don't want to get in trouble. So without fear, the system would not run. Matter of fact, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself tells us in the Quran that He will test people with fear and He will see how they respond. Allah says that I'm going to test people. I'm definitely going to tell you, test you. I'm going to test you with fear. I'm going to put you in a position that you're too scared to pray. But I want to see, what do you do? Do you pray or do you not pray? What happens? In that moment where it looked bad, where you, didn't, you wanted to hide your Islamic identity, I was testing you, Allah is saying, I was testing you. I knew you were scared. But I wanted to see, would you pass that test or not? Would you still show your Islam or not? Would you lie your way out of it? So, The Quran explicitly mentions certain prophets, alayhi wa salatu wa salam, having fear. If you look at 
Sayyidina Musa alayhi salatu wassalam. Fa'asbaha fil madina kha'ifa. Yatarakkabu fa'idhal ladhi istansaruhu bil amsi yastasrikuhu. Fa'qala lahu, qala lahu Musa, innaka laghawiyyum mubi. Yani Musa alayhi salatu wassalam had previously, you know, punched a qibti, a person, a follower of the, from the family of Fir'aun. So the next day he was in a similar situation. And now he was scared. Okay, he did something wrong. If he gets caught, he can be imprisoned, he can be executed. No, now he's scared. But that fear is doing what? It's preventing him from making the same mistake that he made the previous day. It's he made a mistake the other day. He punched a person that he shouldn't have punched. He hit a person he shouldn't have hit. Now the next day, he's in the same similar opportunity. But this time, fear prevents him from doing something wrong, and his eyes open up, and he says, You're just a problematic person. You're just causing drama. And another verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions fear of poverty. If you have fear of poverty, So Allah is saying, then don't fear because I'm going to take care of you. So what is this? If someone fears poverty, Allah is saying, I'm going to take care of you. Now, people will come to me all the time. That I have to earn a living. And the only way to earn a living is through haram means. No, no. Well, if, you, if you fear poverty, Allah is saying, No, no, I'm going to take care of you. You don't need to fear poverty because I'm going to take care of you. So if that fear... Per makes you do something haram, then that fear is not okay. So it is okay to fear other things. It's not a bad thing. It's okay to fear the justice system, the police officer, or you know we're going to get caught and we can get in trouble. However, the fear of Allah should be more. Our fear of Allah, our fear of Him should trump all other fear. Meaning, if we, have an, if, we, if we are in a position where we're fearing this dunya and we're fearing Allah, the fear of Allah will cho be chosen over the fear of this dunya. The second thing for a strong heart, anger. Controlling our anger. See, anger is not always in itself a bad trait. Rather, it's about when and how we use it. At times, we should get angry with our children. At times we should get angry and upset with our wives. At times we should as a teacher get angry with our students. At times as elders of the community, we should get upset with our youngsters. It's how we express that anger. How we express being upset is what we need to control. So the first question we need to ask ourselves when we're getting angry is why am I getting angry? Is it something which we are getting angry? Is it justified or not? Or is it, is it for personal reasons? Or is it for sharia reasons? Sayyidina Anas radiallahu ta'ala, he says about the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, la yaghdibu li nafsi. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi never got angry for personal reasons. Matter of fact, Aisha radiallahu ta'ala, she says, man takama rasulullahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam li nafsihi fi shay'im. Yani the Prophet وسلم, never got, never took revenge for a personal matter. But if you cross the boundaries of Allah, if you transgress the limits of Allah, the Prophet وسلم, was your greatest enemy. At that moment, it's okay to be angry. 
But the Prophet never took revenge for a personal matter. Getting angry over something shows how much you value that thing. How often do we see that we get angry when our kids skip school, but we don't get angry at all when our kids miss Fajr? What, is that what kind of message are we delivering? We are showing our children we value school more than Salah. We're showing our children by getting angry at them for not going to school, we're showing value, more value for school than Salah. There are examples in the Quran and the Hadith about the Prophet ﷺ getting angry and upset in certain instances, in certain instances and taking action. But it was always anger over the laws of Allah being violated, never personal. The Prophet ﷺ didn't become angry over the people of Ta'if. Even though he had a personal reason to be upset with them. They ridiculed him, they mocked him, they harassed him, they covered him, they beat him to such an extent that he was covered in blood. But the Prophet did not get angry at them. He did not take revenge on them. He did not even seek revenge on them. Matter of fact, he made dua for them. Oh Allah, guide them. And people from their progeny were guided. But you can see that the Prophet became extremely upset with Aisha radiallahu anha when she hung a curtain that had a picture of a living thing on it. Nowadays we have pictures in our homes and hanging on the wall, no problem. Aisha radiallahu anha, when the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa was asked by Abdul Rahman ibn Awf, Ya Rasulullah, man ahabbat, Ya Rasulullah, who do you love the most in this entire dunya? Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, and the Prophet sallallahu said what? Aisha radiallahu anha, I love my wife more than I love anyone. But when Aisha radiallahu anha hung a curtain that had a picture of an animate object of a living thing, the Prophet sallallahu got extremely angry. Aisha radiallahu anha, she narrates this herself. قالت, دخل علي النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم وفي البيت قراما فيه سوال. The Prophet entered the house and there was a curtain hanger that had some pictures. Look at how the Prophet accepted his anger, expressed his anger. What did he do? Yelled at her? Hit her? Prophet never hit a woman. What did he do? How does Aisha radiallahu anha show that the Prophet expressed his anger? His color on his face changed. And he just took the curtain and just put it away. You can see he was angry. He didn't yell. He didn't hit. Just by his face, Aisha radiallahu ta'ala could tell the Prophet was upset. And the Prophet said, Oh Aisha, the most severest punishment on the day of judgment will be for those who created images. They will be told to take that drawing that you made, that statue that you made, that you drew and that you molded, and blow a spirit in it they will receive the most severe punishment. When we get angry, the second question we need to ask ourselves is how angry are we getting? Are we in control or not? If we are unable to control ourselves, then that's a problem. There's a difference between expressing anger and being in control versus getting so angry that we can no longer control it. It is this type of anger that when you get angry, you're not able to control your anger is which the Prophet said to avoid. A person is not considered strong because they have big muscles. 
The strong person is the one who can control himself is when he's angry. The Prophet ﷺ, he says, the Prophet ﷺ, a person came to the Prophet ﷺ, he said, Ya Rasulullah, O Sini, give me some advice. The Prophet ﷺ said, La taghdab, don't get angry. فَرَدَّدَ مِرَارًا قَالَ لَا تَغْدَبْ This narration is in Sahih al-Bukhari. Somebody came to the Prophet and said, Ya Rasulullah, give me some advice. O Sini, Ya Rasulullah, give me some advice. The Prophet ﷺ said, La taghdab, don't get angry, don't get angry, don't get angry. Matter of fact, in another narration, Beautiful narration. Abu Dardar, guide me, point me in the direction of such an action that will enter me into Jannah. The Messenger of Allah said, He responded, La taghdab Don't get angry and Jannah is yours. لا تقدب ولك الجنة. Don't get angry and Jannah is yours. The third thing, and we'll end with this inshallah, and we'll talk about how to have a strong, strong heart. That is love and hate. By nature, we're going to love something, someone. We're going to dislike something, and we're going to dislike something. Whatever we love, we love for the sake of Allah. مَنْ أَحَبَّ لِلَّهِ Whosoever loves for the sake of Allah, وَأَبْغَضَ لِلَّهِ And he hates for the sake of Allah. He dislikes something for the sake of Allah. وَأَعْطَى لِلَّهِ And he gives for the sake of Allah. وَمَنَعَ لِلَّهِ And he prevents and abstains from giving something for the sake of Allah. فَقَدْ اسْتَكْبَلِ الْإِيمَانِ Then his iman is, is complete. Narration was in Abu Dawud. We love for the sake of Allah. We dislike for the sake of Allah. We give for the sake of Allah. We withhold for the sake of Allah. Everything, whatever we do, we do it for the sake of Allah. You cannot be a true believer until your internal desires and your emotions are in accordance to what the Prophet brought So love and hate, both of these qualities are actually probably difficult to control. The easiest way to end any love-hate relationship is to rip off the band-aid. You know, this past weekend, we had a gathering of our ulama, uh, the graduates of our madrasa, 75 plus ulama were there, mashallah. One building for three nights. And by nature, there might be some people who held grudges. Maybe there was something between them, some enmity. I was sitting with our Mufti Shah, Mufti Hussein Shah, and I was sitting with him, and he said, just by this gathering, anyone who has anything in their heart, it automatically becomes cleansed just by sitting together. You don't even have to talk about it. Just by sitting together, all your problems are gone. If there was anyone who had something against me, or I had something against them, automatically, we didn't even have to talk about it. Plus, how have you been? It's been a long time. That was it. Just by sitting together, it was done. You see, the arguments, the grudges, the enmity, the problems of this dunya in comparison to the problems of the hereafter are petty, are so minute, are such small matters. And in front of Allah, what's going on between us is such a small thing. You really, really, really think about it. And I think our elders can tell us. They can tell you we had, you know, I had a fight with my brother 30 years ago and it became such a big deal. We don't talk for months. 
Now when we're older, we're like, you know, what were we doing? What were we doing? Our life is so short. Yesterday we were 20, today we're 70. Life is so short. Just by sitting together, you don't even have to discuss the matter. Just show each other's presence daily. But if there is a problem and it needs to be addressed, just rip the band-aids off. Okay, let it out. Let them express their emotions. You express their emotions. It's done. Call it a day. Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala ajma'een left their non-Muslims wives when the ayahs were revealed. I loved you before this verse, but after this, I want nothing to do with you. You don't want to be a Muslim? I don't want to be with you. Oh, it's permissible, it's halal? No, no, no. You associate partners with Allah, I don't want to be with you. That was it. We love for the sake of Allah, we dislike for the sake of Allah. I'll just give three ways to strengthen our heart. Number one, zikr. This will always, this will train you to always think of Allah before anything. Every time we hear something, we say, Alhamdulillah, Subhanallah, MashaAllah, Alhamdulillah, Allahu Akbar. We keep doing the zikr of Allah, 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 La ilaha illallah, Subhanallah, Alhamdulillah. Whenever we deal with something, Allah comes to our mind first. Everyone else is second, everything else is second. Keep doing the zikr of Allah. Do not look down upon doing the zikr of Allah. Without a doubt, it's having an effect on you. Number two, contentment with the decree of Allah. Once you teach yourself, train yourself, that whatever Allah decides is what is best, it is easier for the heart to cope with different situations. Okay, this is what Allah wanted. He wanted us to be successful today. Alhamdulillah. Tomorrow he wants us to go through some kind of difficulty. Alhamdulillah. Okay, this is what Allah wants me. What you go through is what makes you. The difficulties we go through is to train you. When you dig a ground and you plant the seed, the seed, the ground is covering up the seed. The ground is covering up the seed. You don't keep digging the ground again to see if anything grew on the seed yet. No, it's covered in those difficulties. Its growth is coming. It takes time. That's why we need to go back to farming. That'll train us to be patient. Things take time. Success takes time. For the seed to grow, it takes time. So contentment with the decree of Allah. This is what Allah wanted from me today. He wanted me to suffer? Okay, bring it. Tomorrow he wants me to go through a ni'mah and a blessing. Okay, I still need to thank Allah. Today he gave me a blessing. Alhamdulillah. It's still at the end of the day because of Allah. And the last thing, number three, is think good of Allah. Husna zambillah. Allah never deserted you before. Why would he desert you now? Anyone that's sitting here, no matter how old or how young you are, Every single person sitting here, without a doubt, has gone through some kind of difficulty. And maybe for some, it was so severe, it was so depressing, that it felt like you would never come out of it. Ya Allah, why me? Those situations. 
Matter of fact, even the Prophet ﷺ went through those situations. لَأَلَّكَ بَاخِعُنْ نَفْسَكَ Oh Muhammad, even you went through some situations where you just felt like, okay, I don't want to live no more. So without a doubt, everyone sitting here has gone through some difficulties. Who brought you out of it? Allah. Who made it easy for you to get out of it? Allah. Who took you out of it where it no longer affects you? Allah. When you didn't want to live and you're standing tall and strong today, who took you out of it? Allah. And the worst of situations where you felt like there was no avenue, no way out, who took you out of it? Allah. So if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has taken you out of every difficult situation, why would He desert you now? Why would He leave you now? Why will He not take care of you now? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us a strong heart. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the strength to be proper Muslims openly, secretly, publicly. No matter what situation we are put in, may we always be those strong Muslims that we will always prefer serving our deen than to be hidden, than to hide our deen and our identity. Jazakumullahu khayran. Ma'akhir da'wana. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.